Hey, what's up guys? Matt Scott here from the Lifestyle Flipper Show and today I just wanted to record a podcast just talking about what I'm really immersed in at the moment, which I have been for the past probably year now, which is importing, importing from China specifically. Now, I know a lot of people out there who have existing dropshipping stores around the world, this sometimes can often be like the next step. Of course, there's there's a lot of different avenues you can go down to grow your business. Like, for example, you could build more stores or you could start working with more suppliers or you could um, you know, expand upon your existing range. You can do a whole heap of things, but one of the things that I decided to do to grow my business was to private label and create my own products. So the reason I did this, or one of the reasons I did this is because one of the areas my business was lacking as a dropshipping business was the fact that we didn't have full control. So something that's really important to me is serving our customers and pretty much the best way we possibly can, right? Like we want we want to give our customers the absolute best experience every time they come to our website. No matter if they end up purchasing with us or not, hopefully they do, of course. But basically, anyone that comes into contact with my brand, I want them to walk away thinking, wow, that was amazing. I'm going to recommend them to my friends. I'm going to shop there again. Because, of course, it makes sense, right? Like, if you can give someone a positive experience, then they're more likely to come back again. They're more likely to refer you on to their friends. Um, and that, that cycle is, uh, is is what you want in your business. You want people coming back. You want people being, you know, recommending their friends to your business. That positive word of mouth, right? So one of the things we sometimes struggle to do in a dropshipping business, and I think this is um, really common, or it can be common in a lot of dropshipping businesses if your suppliers aren't as professional as what you are, is, you know, sometimes things go out of stock, right? You advertise it for sale on your website. The customer goes through the whole journey of choosing the right products, making sure it's gonna work for them, maybe even speaking to your team, and they go ahead and purchase, and it's out of stock. And you're the one then that looks silly, you know? You've, you've, you've done all this for the customer, you've gone, you know, and you've, you've spent money to acquire this customer, and then you're, you're left to tell them, oh no, sorry, we don't have any stock. And that's nothing, you can't control that, right? There are, of course, you know, certain things you can do. You can work out a deal with your supplier where you purchase, you know, X amount in bulk um, if you know you're going to sell a lot of it. But you can't do this with all of your products. So that's one thing. Like, we, we just don't have control over our stock. Um, it's not even when the stock goes out of stock, uh, when the products go out of stock as well. Like, it's also sometimes we uh, we have a lot of suppliers uh, within my dropshipping businesses we've got over 50 and some of them are a lot better than others i'm sure you guys who also run dropshipping stores around the world experience this as well you've got some companies which are really great they communicate uh, with you really well they let you know when things are in stock um, they help you out with product inquiries they help you out with returns and warranty claims and so on and then you get these other ones that just makes you wonder how on earth they are in business right like how can they run a successful business because they just you know like they don't pick up the phone they don't answer emails when there's a warranty claim like a genuine warranty claim when something goes wrong with a product 
they wipe their hands of it, you know? So, like, I'm sure you guys might have those supplies. I, I certainly have had experience with those supplies myself. Um, in some cases, we've actually dropped those supplies. We don't want to sell that brand because it gives our customer a negative experience when they do experience these things. But still, like, these are the things that we were coming up against. And I, I, I was thinking, you know, like, how can we give our customers a better experience? How can we um, ensure that, you know, we're... So, guys, my, uh, my phone rang then and uh, the recording, of course, stopped. But what I was saying was, like, of, of course, you know, you, you get your good supplies, you get your bad suppliers, and, um, yeah, quite often, you know, with the bad suppliers, we don't have full control, and ultimately our customers end up having a negative experience, and they associate that with our store. They don't associate that with the supplier, right? They're, they've got a relationship with us, uh, you know, they've they've found our products advertised online. They've researched on our website. They've wanted to purchase it with us, and you know whether it's out of stock or if there was a you know warranty claim or you know we're just not updating them with tracking details because our suppliers not passing them over to us uh, for, for the shipping or, or so on. Whatever whatever it is, we just don't we just didn't have control over it, and our customers were facing uh, were, were were experiencing you know negative experiences with our brand. So, so that was one of the reasons why we decided to look at importing um, our own brand and our own products. Another reason is we saw we've, in, in the store that I'm importing products for, uh, I'm only doing it for one of my stores at the moment, but in the store I'm importing products for, we have a lot of data from customers you know, over the past few years and a lot of feedback from customers in regards to what they want. So we know what sells well. We know what um, customers are asking for, and we know what's lacking in the in the industry as well, right? So, and these are things that you know we've, of course, you know, expressed to our suppliers uh, about you know possible opportunities of what they could you know potentially be bringing to the market. And it, what I'm talking about here is like new products, right? Or or revised products, improved products, right? So you've got product X. And you know, all of your customers are saying, "Oh, this is great, but it should have this." You know, and we've passed that on to our suppliers. And look, sometimes our suppliers um, take that on board. Uh, I haven't really, to be honest, seen many of them make any changes with regards to the suggestions we've given them. But that really posed an opportunity for us. Like we know what's selling, we know what customers are asking for, so it made sense to us to create our own products that our customers were asking for, right? So we've, as I said, we've got all this data, we've got all And the phone rang again. <laughs> I've really got to figure out how to, uh, how to prevent getting calls on my phone while I'm trying to record podcasts. That'll be, that'll be handy rather than having to go in here and try and remember what I was uh, talking about. But, uh, but yeah, basically, you know, one, we've got uh, very little control. Um, two, we uh, recognize the need uh, for improved products and new products in our market. So that really said, you know, was enough for me to realize that there was an opportunity there, right? So the, the, the next thing was, of course, um, looking at what I should be in, importing and, and how to structure my business in a way that would allow me to start importing. What a lot of people um, do... As, in, in Australia is when they set up their dropshipping businesses, we actually don't need to set up as a full company here in Australia. Um, 
we can set up our business structure as a sole trader. Now what that means is that basically you are trading as a business, but just under your name. So, so you have what's called an ABN number, an Australian business number, and that ABN number is linked directly to your name. There's no company involved. Uh, it's just literally you are, you are the business, all right? So that is fine. It's a fine place to start when you're just drop shipping. But what happens is if there's any sort of liability, it all falls on you personally, right? So when you're drop shipping products, you are selling other people's products, other, other businesses, other companies' products, to your customers and if something goes wrong with that you know knock on wood that nothing will but you know just say for example you sold um, something to a customer and they hurt themselves they legally can't really come back on you to claim anything on you unless you advertise something falsely unless you gave them false information because the the onus then falls on the manufacturer of that product, right? You're just the intermediary. You're just the one selling that product. You've given the information your supplier has given to you, to your customer via your website, and if something goes wrong, it's, it falls back on your supplier. But when you're importing your own products, essentially, you are the manufacturer. So Australian law doesn't recognize that, If say, for example, if you import products from China that, that you didn't manufacture them, like uh, your your factory in China manufactured them. Australian law doesn't work like that. It it, it's, uh, it puts you as the importer, um, as as the manufacturer, right? So therefore, you can't be just a sole trader um, when you're importing products. And I can go into this deeper in, in in future podcasts. But basically, so when when you start importing your own products, you got to move to become a company. Now that was a that was a decent hurdle for me as well. I had to figure out, all right, how do I become a company, and go through whole, all that process. And when you become a company, you've got to set up different bank accounts, and of course, there's all the insurances that go along with becoming a company as well. So, anyways, I've got all that sorted. Uh, that that took it took a few months to get all that sorted. All the you know setting up as a company, banking, insurances, um, and and so on. And then you've got to go out and actually find these suppliers right so where do you go to find them um so anyways i went out found these suppliers ended up going to china myself and meeting them which is something that i definitely definitely recommend you do and again i'll go into all these um things in detail in in future podcasts because there's just so much to explain on the topic of importing but basically this is what what i did right so i recognized a need um set up as a company found suppliers, went over to China and met these suppliers, uh, these manufacturers, and then I had to uh, decide how I was going to distribute my products. And there was really two different ways I could go about warehousing and distributing. So one of the, I guess, low risk and easiest ways to do it was to use what's called a third-party logistics warehouse. So these are companies that literally just warehouse and ship out products uh, for, for companies and, and people, right? So you get your container come in from overseas, from China, wherever you're importing from, you send it to their, uh, their warehouse, they will unpack it, 
they will stack it all on pallets and put it up in their warehouse for you. Then when you get a sale for one of your products, you send that you send them through the order. They will uh, they will pack it for you. They will put the labels on. They will ship it out for you and send it straight to your customer. So it's really hands off, and that way is really good for people that have um, you know the people that move a lot of volume, people that uh, want uh, a low. I guess a, a low risk, you know, um, you don't actually have to go out and, you know, hire or lease a, a warehouse, you don't have to set up all, you know, your own and get your own forklift and pallet racking and, and so on. Um, but there are, of course, uh, costs to it all as well. Like it, the, these 3PL warehouses, they, they, they charge you you know, per pallet space uh, on like a weekly basis on, on how much it costs to actually just store your products there. They charge you to um, pick the products as well and pack them and, and ship them out. They charge you to empty the containers and so on. So there's a lot of different charges in there. And one of the other things which prevented me from going down that path with 3PLs is the reason uh, that, that they like just I guess you would say nice small, you know, hand, nice small packages that they can easily put onto pallets, easily pick and send with their shipping companies. A lot of my products are over 1.2 meters in length, and I think that was the cutoff. Um, it might have been like 1.5 meters in length was, was the cutoff for like the the length of products that this these most of these 3PL companies could could you know handle um and so that was one of the reasons that led me down to the path of not choosing to go with a 3pl warehouse um so what i end ultimately end up doing was you know sourcing my own factory not factory sorry uh, sourcing my own warehouse setting up all setting that up as a warehouse so when i first got there it was a complete blank canvas right so i had to set up all the pallet racking uh get all the desks and computers and and, and whatnot and get a forklift to go out and get my forklift license so it was it was a bit of work to set up like that but that means that i ultimately have you know complete control over my products now so that's basically in a, in a roundabout way in a very very rushed way sort of the, the process that i have been through in the last you know 12 18 months in regards to why i chose to start importing and the, the, the basic overall steps that I've taken to import my own products now. So, as I said, you know, to recognize the need and, you know, set up as a company, set up insurances, set up banking, found a warehouse, set that warehouse up. Um, also, of course, you know, saw supplies and went over to China and now I've, you know, got my own products in my own warehouse and, um, and things are working really well. So, of course, I'm selling on my own website now. We're selling through other sales channels like eBay and Catch. And this year, we're trying to get our products into physical stores as well, which is, which is starting to work at the moment, which is really, really cool. So, that's <laughs> a, a, long, a long-winded podcast, a bit longer than I thought it would be. Uh, but yeah, a basic explanation of sort of where we're at with importing now. Um, if you'd like, if you'd like to know more about importing, do feel free to reach out to me and let me know. Leave a comment. I'm just going down uh, a bumpy road. It's like a dirt road. 
near my warehouse, so I'm going over like all the corrugated roads now, so <laughs> if my voice sounds funny. But, uh, but yeah, thanks for listening to the Lifestyle Flippers show, and um, we'll catch you on the next episode. All right, see you guys.